and welcome back to another Art of Score podcast. I am Ron Brown with Tim Brown. Yo. And Mike Forty. Hello, world. So here, follow us on Twitter, Art of Score. Follow us on our WordPress website, artofscore.wordpress.com blog. Not only will we have our webcast, but we'll have all kinds of uh, blogs and information on there, thoughts about fantasy football. Preseason game reviews are up right now. Absolutely. Um, and uh, check us out on our Facebook page. Give us a like. Uh, it's Art of Score. Just look us up. You'll notice it because there's a big picture of a football on our thing. and. We're working on it. Feel free to. (laughs) That's us. We're working on some logos and some fun things. But uh, for this section, we really really wanted to talk about our um, sleepers and dudes that should be put to bed. So it's basically guys that are they, are you going to keep them or are you going to just, you know, totally avoid them in your draft? Yeah. I mean, to me, uh, this is a fun, a fun topic for me because this is a chance to kind of like. You know, we've always stressed here the importance of knowing your uh, ADP, your average draft position when you go into drafts. Not so much for yourself, but because you want the psychology of what's going out there in the world. So one of the first steps after you get the ADP is you look at guys who have this value range and you say, man, that's really off to me. And do I want to follow through with that? Do I think it's really off or is that really a good deal? So that's the premise of uh, what we're going to talk about today. And these uh, average draft positions are based on where they're going right now in the CBSSportsLine.com uh, startup drafts, uh, redraft leagues, uh, in a standard size 12-team league. And, you know, they are based off of uh, PPR, I believe, half a point PPR ratings, but the ratings aren't drastically different when you do a non-PPR situation. So, All right, first one up really, really want to talk about is a guy who every year he's going to have a monster year. <laughs> And he hasn't had it yet. And uh, as you can guess, that's Ryan Matthews running back, San Diego Superchargers. Average draft position, sixth round. So are we uh, keeping this guy sixth round? Do you think we're getting good value Uh, there? Or are we going to avoid him? I'm keeping him and he's good value. Wow. I thought Tim would come out Uh, and and totally blast this guy. No, just because the more I think about it, you know, their offense just sucks. I mean, they have nothing. Their wide receivers decimated. Uh, I mean, what else? What else do you have? What do you hang your hat on? I mean, you get the tight I mean, ends, Phillip I guess. And and, Rivers, you know. I mean, yeah, but I mean, you know, I mean, what else? I mean, I, I think. I, well, there's no clear threat to his early down I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I, 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 you got to take a flyer on him. I think he does have that dynamic ability with, uh, you know, pass catching and stuff like this. There's not much behind him. I mean, they have Ronnie Brown and. Yeah, who the hell cares? Who else? Fozzie Whitaker, Danny Woodhead. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter at that point. Um, if you get Fozzie Whitaker, yeah, it just doesn't matter. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, my my right thinking now, is along those lines, Tim. <laughs> I, I have never personally been burned by Ryan Matthews. Thankfully, you know, when his when his uh, average draft position not that long ago was a first round pick, I have never advocated yeah, strongly was, taking him. I've always good. felt that it was a borderline choice, and it was based more on workload than on talent. Uh, the problem is the guy can't stay on the field long enough to get his workload together, so he's not healthy enough. But but his draft position to me as the you know in the sixth round, he is good value. He's a chance to take you know that. Look, man, if it blows up in your face, you can live with it in the sixth round. If it, when it blew up in your face and he was a first round, second, round, second round, third round, round yeah, pick, exactly. you couldn't live with it. But you yeah. can live with it if if it doesn't work out this year. And I think that's a range where. 
I, I think everybody should feel comfortable taking a little bit of a reach on maybe an injured player who has high upside like this or, you know, like we were talking about Gronkowski and guys like that, you know, in, in, in this range where you already have your core steady players, hopefully on your team or guys you think are going to be steady players. And this guy obviously is an injury concern, but he has a world of talent. I mean, he was a first round draft pick in the NFL draft. I mean, and he's in an uber rare situation of not having challenges for, for the first two downs of the, you know, we were talking about how many running back by committees there are in the NFL. Not right now, if this guy's healthy, there is no running back by committee in San Diego. And that in itself is something. Yeah. I mean, maybe <laughs> I'm not Danny saying he's going to drastically outperform his draft position. He might not, but it's a good sign. I mean, yeah. The only the only thing that worries me is he doesn't play much on third downs, and a few drafts, you know, you know that's that, that's kind of the only thing that worries me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I mean, but I think that. if he gives me 800 yards and eight touchdowns, is that would you consider that acceptable for a sixth round pick? Borderline acceptable. Uh, he might he might toss yeah. in a couple hundred yards receiving though. Right. Well, I'm gonna say that's what, that, that's that receiving will definitely will definitely help that six round. That six round set. I, I I think that would be good, truly. I mean, I'd be okay with that. I agree. <laughs> All right. So we say six round is good for. for yeah, for, I'm. I, I would draft him. Here. Yes, I would draft him in the sixth round if cool. I had a need at running back. Yes. All right, staying in the AFC West, the Oakland Raiders. Darren McFadden. Um, wow, their line looks terrible. Just before I go go in there, I mean, I watched that game and. Yeah, they had a couple of starters out there last game. Yeah, uh, and he's still out. Oh, Gerald, Gerald, Jared Valder here. They're left tackle. I can't Valdemir, me. Yeah. yeah, McFadden's current ADP is about fourth round, and this is a really tough one for me. He's, jeez. Ah, I mean, he's a guy that Ron and I thought not too long ago was like the best, <laughs> you know, one of the top three backs in the NFL. Uh, I mean, I, lately people have been challenging his uh, his desire to play. Uh, contract that he was, here that he was in it for the for the money or whatever but i say my philosophy is i want as many of those contract guys because people can say what they want about a player's toughness and i don't try to judge other people that i couldn't take any of these shots for a living but uh they tend to find a way to get on the field when it's a paycheck involved and darren mcfadden's facing a contract year he's an explosive player but he has some negatives i mean like ron said their <laughs> their line looks awful i mean and, just you know the they they Let's just go over the line. Who's actually starting? Tell me if you've heard these names before. Alex Barron. Yes, former first-round draft pick who was – and he was – the old Graham's GM quoted him as liking more money more than playing football. Yes, yes. Andre, Andre Garan, who is, is probably, probably, probably most famous for getting his first face. He's a Pro Bowl player as a center, though. He was a Pro Bowl player because he played for Dallas. He's a reason why he's You have Khalif Barnes, who was here in Jacksonville as a second-round pick, who was a turnstile. That guy sucks. I can't think of a better word. He, he's terrible. I mean, and, and, oh, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, fourth fourth round for McFadden. I think that's a little high. I would put him towards maybe one round lower. I just think the fourth would be just 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 too high for him. Tiny just, bit too just high. Just in regards to with the, with the offensive line. You're throwing me that's all over the place, Tim. You're throwing me all over the place because on your draft strategies podcast, you said that you like to take home run risks early. This guy in the fourth round isn't even that early. You could take a swing on this guy and maybe win your league with him. Now that sounds like a crazy stretch, <laughs> but it wasn't so. But it wasn't so crazy even a season ago. 
that you would think. This. And the one thing that I would say that I would point out in, in McFadden's favor here is that we anticipate the Raiders being bad again. And we anticipate them maybe having some run blocking issues. McFadden's at least involved in the passing game. So he is, they will find ways yeah, to get him the screens. In a PPR league, in my opinion, he's definitely worth a fourth-round pick because he probably is going to catch 30 to 40 passes. I, yeah, you know what? You know, I, I take it back. I, I, would, uh, I did forget about his receiving, so yeah, I would bump him up to the fourth now that I that think a little more into it. Not, well, I mean, one other thing that, that you know, will factor into it is they are going back away from, uh, I believe, the power kind of run game and more into back to the zone, which which is, which, is, which is where he really which excelled previously. So, I mean, I think that will help him, which, you know, is kind of, you know, hasn't really been talked about very much because, I mean, the Raiders are expected to be a poor team. And, you know, there's like, like we were talking about Ryan Matthews, there's nothing behind him. I mean, you got Latavius Murray, who just had his uh, ankle scoped. He just ankle scoped, yeah. You know, you got Rashard Jennings, who, you know, is just a, he's a backup. He's an okay player, whatever, whatever you think about him. But, I mean, the focal point of the offense is going to be in this guy. And as bad as the offensive line are, I mean, I, they'll figure out a way to protect and run block. And the way to not have your quarterback get hit is to hand off the ball. Yeah. I mean, in a, in a, in a, in a non-PPR, this is less of a – Thumbs up for me. It's a, you know, it's right about at my comfort zone. I don't think you're getting value there. I think he's appropriately valued in a PPR league. It might be a little bit of a sleeper. You might get good value out of him in a PPR league because he's going to catch those passes. And not, but I think if you are drafting him in the fourth round here, and you are, it is a little bit of a risk. And he's your first running back. You're taking too late. You that, that up. Yeah, that that <laughs> I, I would be a little worried about taking him as my RB one. I mean, he may perform. Round. He may perform for you like an RB one no, this I mean, season, uh, but yeah, unless unless you're one of those guys that's you know you get you got a studded stud. Uh, yeah, if you have the number one player, quarterback right? in the first yeah. round, you know you get a you get a stud wide receiver. You know, I'm not you, saying you it's impossible, a, but I'm just saying no, but it would be yeah. a concerning situation to me if I'm drafting him as my RB here's, number one. Here's what I'll tell you is a concerning situation, and I almost did this in one of my mock drafts recently, and I had to be talked off the ledge. <laughs> I almost drafted Mc. I almost drafted our first two sleepers here, McFadden and Matthews, in the same draft. Wow! Well, <laughs> I mean, I almost took I almost took McFadden in the fourth and Ryan Matthews in the sixth. Figuring in the worst case scenario, I'd wind up with one running back for half the season. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very possible. Um, moving off of Darren McFadden and going to the AFC North, that one of the hottest tight ends right now in terms of. Uh, I, I, th- I think sleeper potential, and that's a buzz. There's a buzz about and it, and I don't even know if he's a sleeper as much because everybody he's not knows a about anymore. him. Was, yeah. yeah, it's Jordan Cameron, uh, tight end for the Cleveland Browns. Um, looked pretty good in the preseason so far, and and I'm not a huge. I wasn't a huge proponent of him. I know he's an athletic tight end and everything, but in the North Turner offense, that's he has looked good. I mean, they, they use the tight ends a lot in that North Turner offense. Um, there's not a lot there around him. I mean, you got Josh Gordon, who's good, but he's getting suspended. You have Greg Little, who's an okay receiver, and then you got Devon Best and obviously uh, or Best and uh, Trent Richardson there. So there's not a ton of balls. I mean, a, a ton of people who are going to take care or uh, catches away from him. I don't think so. I think he could be a 50 catch guy, but in round 10, is it worth it? I think round 10 is a little high, yeah. and I'll tell you why. Uh, I think everybody's on this train now, so it's possible that by the time your draft, <laughs> your league drafts. Jordan Cameron could even be higher than 10, which to me would be absolutely insane. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, that's, he, 
you know, it's funny how it's funny how like people take it and push it where it wants to go. You know, like uh, he's a good story. He's Norv Turner. He's a tight end in Cleveland. They got to get some points. You know who else has had two touchdowns in the preseason? The guy from the Jets, Jeff Cumberland. And you don't hear nearly as much about his situation. You know, it, it's a funny thing how we latch on to a couple of preseason performances and some spring hype. Now, obviously, it's good that he's performing in these preseason games to go along with the hype. It would be terrible if it wasn't. I just don't know that Cleveland's going to – Cleveland's going to commit to getting this guy involved in the offense, but I don't know if he's going to score in the offense. So that would be my concern. If the guy only scores four touchdowns, it's great if he catches 50 passes, but it's you know it's not something that I'm going to plan around. I don't, I don't – He's a tight end two to me. I mean, he's a tight end yeah. two and, you know – And to me, there are better picks for a tight end two because you can wait a little longer for some of the other tight yeah, end twos. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That have a – Yeah, have I think there's better value – than than him for a tight end too. I, I think I agree with you there, um, but I don't think if you if you picked him, I don't think you would uh, you'd be doing yourself wrong. Yeah, I, I, I would. I, would agree. I mean, like Forty said, I think there's just some better value there. But I mean, I'm, I'm I I don't love the guy. I'd rather take somewhere else, someone else in ten. I don't think I think. At ten, I could get better value at receiver than I could with a backup tight end. And I, I don't think he's going to catch a ton of passes either. So I would say his value in a PPR is about the same as his value in a non PPR league. It's not really going to get a boost. Um, yeah. Next guys, I'm kind of going to package them together. I know we weren't planning on it, but we got Lamar Miller, running back for Miami, and uh, Daryl Richardson. Now, right now, the current ADP for Lamar Miller is fourth round, which I see as astronomical. And then Daryl Richardson, who's seventh in the seventh round. Uh, I I think that's about right. Seventh round for Daryl Richardson. I mean, I think they're similar guys, and I don't understand how their draft position is that divergent. Yeah, I mean, I think Lamar Miller's. Uh, there's been a lot of negative news coming out of Miami about about Lamar Miller recently. So by the time you draft, uh, which even if it's as soon as this weekend, I anticipate his draft value to fall closer to where Richardson is because it's not clear that he's going to win the job right now from Daniel Thomas, which is insane to me considering how terrible Daniel Thomas is. But you know, he has had injuries. He's coming back from that. Richardson is a guy that I, I know Ron really likes. I, I I like him by virtue of the fact that there's nobody there. To take his job, Isaiah Pete is not Ron taking did. his job. <laughs> Zach Stacy is nah. not taking his job. Benny Cunningham might take his job if Benny Cunningham makes Benny the Cunningham. team. But Benny Cunningham what about might Terrence not take the team. Oh, Gannaway. Gannaway is going to be cut on the bus before the last preseason game. <laughs> but, uh, but, but you get what I'm saying here is that he's in a great position only because there's nobody else there. So, it, it is a short-term 2013 flyer as an RB three? Why not? Oh, I think he's a great RB three. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think he could be have 900 yards. In the situation, nine hundred total yards, maybe. No, no, nine hundred <laughs> rushing, maybe you know, three hundred receiving. No, I don't think it's going to be that. Much. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, think, I just don't I, have any confidence honest, in anybody behind him. I see him as a seven fifty uh, rushing guy and a three hundred yard passing dude with like I don't even think you have six that much seven passing. touchdowns, which is fine for a third guy. But um, yeah. So I mean, average draft position seven, maybe a little high. It's a little high for me, but you have yeah. to conf- uh, see. I think it's fine for me, but I mean, you know, I think it is a little high for me. But you I'll, own I'll them say- too, so you kind of like them in the. In the <laughs> no, I do. I own them in the dynasty league. I'm not going to lie. So um, Ron, but uh, but I mean, I would say that you know, if there is one position that you're going to pay a little bit more for, it is usually going to be running back. So while seven seems a little bit high to me, depending on the way how my draft unfolds, that might be perfectly reasonable. I certainly don't think it's outlandishly high, like Lamar Miller's. 
yes, Lamar Miller, by contrast, is an outrageously high draft value right now because that guy yeah. might lose the damn job. So pick him in the fourth round and, 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 and then get a backup. And if he for loses you. his job to those bunch of turds behind him, you know you, yeah, you got yeah. problems. Um, another guy who is drafted extremely high, first round NFL pick. Um, you know, one of the consensus number one picks in dynasty leagues a couple of years ago is uh, Mark Ingram. Saints. You know, the, the, the funny thing about Mark Ingram is everyone pretty much gave up on Mark Ingram, and everyone still kind of kind of holds Ryan Matthews. <laughs> you know, they're still holding. You know, they're still yes, holding I, on I, for I, him. I like he's got to produce. Yeah, he's got to produce this year. This year is a year, and with uh, Mark Ingram, they're kind of like. Yeah, he sucks. You know, I, he's done. He's you know he hasn't done anything. It, it just it's just kind of funny how I think how part those of that, kind of though, two dynamics work. No, that's that's a great point, Tim. But I think part of that is his situation, and the fact that you know fantasy owners don't believe the Saints will commit to the run, whereas opposed to in the past the Chargers had nothing but I mean but the run. I mean a lot of them. Ryan Matthews' value was hinged on the North Turner marriage, but you know with a guy like Mark Ingram, his current ADP right now is eighth round ADP. He's right on the border for me, uh, taking a chance. If he if he was available in the ninth round, I mean, I know it sounds weird. It's just one round. Eighth is too high for me, but ninth, I would go in on him. I don't I don't like him as a player. Yeah, but, but if he you know, wins you know, that you, you situation, just... if he's the if he's the goal line guy in in yeah. New Orleans, he's worth it. But he's never yeah. proven to be healthy. Although he says he's as healthy as he's ever been right now, so. They all say. They all say. I hate that when they say that. Can I just say that it's like, oh, I've been healthy. I'm in the greatest. Shut up. You're not. You're in the same shape you were last year. That all that stuff is a bunch of crap. I, I just have to get on my soapbox. Uh, I, just, I hate <laughs> when they MD say I'm in the best. It's like. <laughs> I mean, sh- like, honestly, stop. I mean, that's such a that situation. I don't like it at all. In in terms of uh, fantasy, I mean, you got Pierre Thomas who consistently doesn't get the ball enough for whatever reason. Greatest. Underused running back in football. I mean, you have Darren Sproles, who's you know super exciting. You know, catches a ton of passes. You know, scores a lot of touchdowns for being a little guy. You know, and then then you have Mark Ingram, and it just is, he seems like an odd fit. And like they don't use him maybe the right way, and I don't I don't know. And then you know maybe with Sean Payton being back, they will run the ball a little more, especially in the four minute offense at the end to salt away games. Maybe they will use him a little more, but. I think this year he really has to show something. And at eight, I can't draft him there. I'm sorry. I can't no do it. Yeah, because at eight, I, I you're to, still I, looking at RB2s, and I don't think he really fits. I mean, an RB2, RB3. I, I just think it's too high. Um, He's an RB4 <laughs> with upside. All right, so we got two more guys um, that I really want to touch on. Um, backup running back for the Houston Texans, Ben Tate. Oh, God. And who is, I believe, in a contract year. Yes, has had like very Kevin. has had a very successful season a couple of years ago when um you know Arian Foster was hurt he had around 900 yards I believe yep and yep. Uh, the other guy Jonathan Dwyer who we uh, touched on a little bit on a previous podcast his average ADP is 13th round and that's I think that's about right for Dwyer well, I, I mean I think it's gonna rise Tim I mean these With, ADPs, oh I I think it's gonna rise but I but I, and that's just primarily just because of injury but I think I think that's you know that. That'd be about right. Maybe maybe a maybe a round higher. I would take him you as know, early 12. as the tenth. I think Tim, if not the ninth. You think he's on par for me with a guy like for as long as he has that job, he's on par for me for with a guy like Mark Ingram. Yeah, the I would only, take him. Yeah, the only I would take him over Mark Ingram. That scares me is just that. Um, um, yeah, I would definitely take him over Mark Ingram. The only thing that scares me is you know Isaac Redman. He's he's actually right. You know, ran pretty good for the Steelers. You know, in the past. You know, not as a star. You know, as a starter, kind of filling in. Um, 
But Ben Tate, I hate that guy. I oh, see, hate see, that I guy. see. I really like Ben Tate, and and I think at I have, nine, no, I, I would, I would Ben Tate in the thirteenth, fourteenth round. No, yeah, I, I look at these things, Tim, and I almost have them reversed. Like, like I have, <clears throat> yeah. I have like Dwyer in like the ninth round. He's worth spending a pick on, maybe, and Tate in like the thirteenth. Thirteenth, a little low, maybe, but we all like. I, well, you might not like him, Tim, but <laughs> Ron and I like Ben Tate's talent. I just oh, but, no, I have no doubt that he has talent. It's just. You know, and, and he's just wasting away in there, and and his injuries too, kind of. Yeah, he. Like, let's not forget too. that he has been hurt as well. That's not but doing him any favors. What really, I think, what's driving Ben Tate's value up is obviously the injuries, and people are wanting to get him to handcuff him for Foster, and they're willing to draft him a little early to get that handcuff because they're worried about the Foster injury. And I think well, that's, that's completely what's happening. The you know question I mean? is, is it a sound yeah. strategy? Is it worth doing that? Uh, I guess it depends on how you're constructing your team. I think it's a little early, personally. But I mean, I would. I'm not a big Foster guy this year. I would probably try to avoid him just because I don't want to waste another pick on Ben Tate. Yeah, I mean, I don't you know, know if you have to have Ben Tate. Uh, you know, yeah, to me, to me, if you take the Foster pick, you're counting on his touchdowns. If Foster misses two or three games and he still gets you 16 total touchdowns, you're all right, and you, you deal with the weeks that he's not there with somebody else. But for Ben Tate. If you grab him as a third running back, it's not the worst thing in the world. He could look, he he has the upside of all upside. I mean, you could get this guy in a thirteenth round, and if and if Foster misses major time, that's the kind of running attack you want. You want a guy like that. But I could say that about a lot of other running backs who are behind in great systems, you know. But it's just that Foster's injury is the one that's most cognizant in our mind right now, and Ben Tate appears to be the backup with the most talent right now. So that's that appears to go like hand in hand. But, you know, you could say, like, oh, man, if Turbin got the job in Seattle with the amount of times they run the ball, he could be a number one pick. You know, it's it's kind of like that. And I don't see – it's because Tate already had a high-profile year filling in for yeah, him. Yeah, absolutely. That yeah. he has this kind of value I mean, he's, attached he's, he's, to he's a, he's a proven running back. So. Um, and the last guy I um, really want to talk about is uh, Zach Suffield, tight end, uh, New England Patriots. Current ADP is 14th round. Um I mean, Tim, you're close to the New England Patriots. I mean, their tight end situation, obviously we know about Gronkowski's injury and, you know, Hernandez isn't around anymore. Um, Jake Ballard's Jake. out there. I mean, is it, 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 Jack, Jake Ballard sucks. He's slow and he's kind of hobbling around with his leg, kind of dragging it. I, 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 I don't see Ballard on the roster, to be honest with you. So I okay. kind of don't even don't even recognize him. Um, I mean, they usually carry they, four tight ends, but yeah. So I mean, this guy is going to be like the Aaron Hernandez type guy. Yeah, I, I I think so. I mean, granted, he is. I mean, he's a big dude. He's you know six seven. I mean, that's that's a big guy. Aaron Hernandez was about six one. But he can run. Though. Uh, I mean, but I guess that's a but difference, but right? he can run. He's got the he's got soft hands. He can he's got that kind of a run after the catch. He's um, you know, he's got you know I I think fourteenth round is kind of low. I would say maybe eleventh. Yeah, well, well, I mean, keep just, in mind just, be, you're just about because, too, just maybe even tenth, just because of the Gronkowski injury, and there's nobody else that's really showed me anything in tight end wise with the, you know, with the Patriots. Right. Because like I said, Ballard's really not a factor. I got so, you, but so uh, so are you saying that you would rather take a chance on Suffield as a tight end two over Jordan Cameron, who is a number one tight end in Cleveland? And I guess yes. the other, I guess the other question, Tim. Yes, I would. Yes, I would. Just because Patriots love those two tight end sets, and and I can't. Yeah. So it's your prediction that when Gronk comes back, 
he'll still be part of the offense in this similar way to the way that Hernandez was part of the offense. Yeah, because, I mean, they, they do have uh, Humanawa Nui or whatever the hell his name is um, there also. You know, he's kind of a because that guy. Tim, because that would be the only way that it would work is if he was still functional when Gronk came back. Because none of us assume that Gronk is going to miss the season, and Gronk might not even miss a third of the season. So for, in order for Suffield to be worth a pick, uh, he has to continue to play when he has to, come yeah, back. and he I has mean, to kind of fill the... And I honestly think he will. I mean, they definitely... I mean, they receiving threats. I mean, they do have a lot of young wide receivers there. Uh, doesn't have a you know a whole lot of rapport with them yet. Um, seems to be working out well with uh, Sudfeld. So, I, I mean, I, I would. I'd, I'd probably say maybe 11th round if you see the value there. Yeah, it seems a little high for 12th. me. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I just... I, the only thing, not that I don't like him there, but I just don't think. What at fourteen or twelve? At twelve. I mean, the thing is, I, I, it hasn't shown me yet that he will be a part of the offense when he comes back, and that's that's what worries me the most when Gronk comes back, and that, and that's what worries me. And I don't. I think. I don't, I just don't know. I mean, if I'm going to draft him in eleventh round, I'm taking Jordan Cameron before I take him. I might not even draft him in the fourteenth round, and uh, it depends on how your team's constructed. But I also think that. You know, look, if the guy gives you four great games while Gronkowski's out and that's all he gives you, then maybe that's worth a 14th round pick. That's your own personal decision. I'm like, Ron, I, I want to see these two together before I before I think that he's going to step into a move tight end position on that team when he doesn't really fit the profile of a move tight end. You know, I mean, Gronk's not going anywhere. When Gronk comes back, he's the starting in-line tight end. So what are you going to do with this guy? Are you going to make a room for him or is he going to go back to being quality depth? There's too many other tight ends that are I, the same. Because like guy. I said, they use the, those two tight. They love those two tight end sets. I mean, that's and they might, but they loved them when they the had past. two exceptional talents there. I, I don't know that Suffield is a. I don't think he has, Suffield's an exceptional talent like Aaron Hernandez was, but at the same time, I definitely think it's you know a couple notches below, but still, you know, I think he's a better talent than uh, Humanawa Nui. <laughs> Well, there's a lot of guys in the league. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> you know, but but what I'm saying, you know, they do like the two tight end sets, so I think that definitely bumps his bumps his value up. It's not if it's it's one of those things where he's just filling in for Gronk when Gronk comes back, you know, he's he's not doing anything. So that's that's kind of my my little argument there. And moving on to the wide, I mean, the Patriots just passing game in general. I think we really wanted to talk about how it's so wide open there. No one knows what's going on. They have a bunch of rookies. Between uh, Aaron Dobson, Josh Boyce, um, Kembrell Tompkins. I mean, those are the three main guys. The guy Suffield we talked about as a tight end. And then you have, uh, you know, Amendola and Vereen, who apparently is going to play a little receiver and move all around and kind of be a Reggie Bush type, you know. Uh, and who's actually looked pretty chesties. good catching the ball in the preseason game, too. I mean, yeah, yeah. it kind of brings that interesting dynamic to it. Um, kind of. Because he's a lot faster than obviously the linebackers, but yeah, no, I mean he's a, he's a matchup nightmare. He's a very talented player, but I mean, yeah. in terms of in me personally, I mean, I think the question is, are the Patriots going to pass as much as they have in the past? Are they going to use the two tight ends as much, and are they going to run more this year because they have a lot of young receivers out there? And, and I they think, added a guy like Blount who would make you think that they're leaning in that direction of maybe pounding the football. A and, and they've spent, you know, in the past years, I mean, you got Nate Soldier. I mean, they, they have invested on the offensive line trying to build it back up. And, I mean, I, obviously I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, obviously they run the spread offense a lot. But, I mean, I think they could, I mean, pound the ball th- a lot more than they have in the past overall. I mean, I, I personally, 
if I'm sitting there and I'm looking at the, you know, Dobson, Tompkins, Boyce, I don't really want to draft any of these guys. I mean, I'll draft any of them 11 round in round 11 and higher. But if someone wants to drop one of these guys higher, go go for it because it's an unproven rookie in a crazy volatile situation, and I just don't want a part of it. I can get a better guy who I know will produce. Well, yeah, I mean, and it's not just about the rookies; it's yeah. also about Amendola, who you know is currently tracking about the fifth round, which I think is is fair value. But Tim, you could probably speak to this. You've watched a lot of these these guys. What what would you say? You know, Amendola aside, we assume that if Amendola is healthy, which is a little bit to assume right now, he's got a day to day thing. But he's he always ninety balls. He always yeah. seems to be banged up, but he'll he'll get it done hopefully for them. What do you see as this? You know, of the remaining guys of this of this Dobson, Boyce, Tompkins trio, and this this spot duty Vereen. What do you think of the strengths of those guys? What do you think of the weaknesses of those guys? And and you know, how do you see that playing out in terms of the targets for these guys? I think he, you know, uh, Josh Boyce. Obviously, he's got the speed. Dobson's more of the physical receiver. I think Tompkins is more of the kind of the tweener. You know, I, I almost see Tompkins as a David Givens back when he was healthy. Wow, get the back way back the machine, David Givens. Nice. Yeah, I, I, I really do. I think that he's he's got that. You're not that sending any uh, fantasy players Josh, hearts a flutter with that name, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I mean, no, but uh, I mean. It doesn't have to be right. I mean, this is for real football here, but yeah, I mean Josh Boyce, I kind of see him almost like a uh, Dante Stallworth in 07. You know, run straight down the field. Uh, yeah, go that way real fast and catch the ball. Um, I almost see the starters: Amendola, Dobson, and uh, Tompkins. I, I, I kind of, and this is almost like I'm kind of. Uh, with everybody else in the whole Topkins bandwagon thing, I do think he's you know he will be good. I hope he's not one of those guys that you know camp wonder uh, and you know yeah yeah. Uh, I mean, like a, the, the, he's not like a uh, Bethel Johnson, you know that <laughs> freaking yeah or Ben Tate. I mean, I mean the thing is, I <laughs> yeah, mean, list goes on. I mean, if they're starting, I mean, I didn't watch tonight's game because the Patriots are actually playing right now. I mean, did they come? I mean, and uh, I. Sh- I'm taping it because I want to watch this. I mean, are they coming out in a lot of three receiver sets or two tight end sets, and how much are they running the ball? Because I, I just, I, I, with with the amount of turnover in in, in their offense, I still think they're going to throw be a throwing team, but I think they're not going to throw as much previously, I, and that's that's I just because, like like Forty said, they have blunt. I mean, they have a lot of running backs, and I just don't think. I mean, with rookies out there running routes, you don't want to put Tom Brady at risk. As much as, you know, you can. And obviously, if you need to throw, you're going to throw, and you're not going to game plan around some I mean, guy getting hurt. But I think your strength is two tight ends pounding the ball and, you know, setting up play action. I mean, I think what they'll do, and this is just, you know, again, what I think is that what would be smart for them would be to use the up-tempo, the passing game and stuff, to build their leads and then sit on the damn ball. You know, when they the old Patriots, when they were setting all kinds of records and rewriting the record books and stuff, when they were up 21 points, they just kept their own the damn thing. I think maybe, maybe what so maybe t- what you see this year is maybe they get up 21 points with the best of them, and then maybe they sit on it a little bit. Maybe they don't throw you know as many passes this year when they already have the lead. I mean, to that respect, in in you know 07, I mean they, uh, I mean, did you want to run? I mean, running back wise, no. You have, <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, exactly. I mean, so you didn't have much of a choice. I mean, your running backs were 
freaking terrible. So, I mean, you didn't have much of a choice then to run because you couldn't, you know, uh, you know, run at the end of the game because they were crap. So it's like, okay, well, we can run and, you know, get three yards in a cloud of dust and, you know, punt, or we could just throw the ball. And no, no, I, so, and I agree, but, I mean, you look at the talent that was on that 07 roster and you look at this one, and I, I don't think it's even close. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, come on, come on. there's know. no Randy Moss on the team. I mean, it's Randy now, Moss. But passing-wise, if, you, if you're looking talent for talent, if you're looking for, I think, the running backs now, Definitely make up for yeah, Randy Moss. Right. You know I what I'm saying? That's true. It kind if, of if, plays if, into our premise that they probably will go towards that. Strength. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Belichick is great. You know, he'll do what he needs to do. But I can't see an, as an out. You know, they always talk about well, they got to replace Aaron Hernandez's targets and they got to replace Gronk's targets until he comes back and they got to replace Welker's targets. I don't know if you're replacing all those targets. I think you're replacing <laughs> like maybe 75 percent of those targets and maybe the last. Third goes to the last twenty five percent or quarter goes to uh, goes to somebody else goes to the running game you know goes to clock yeah. management and you know maybe we're not running the spread up and down the field every you know for fifty nine minutes or whatever you know I don't know I don't know but I, I'm intrigued to see that actually let's talk about Shane Vereen and where his draft value is because he intrigues me and I'm I'm really tempted to draft this guy. But, I mean, obviously you need good value. What would the round be where Shane Vereen draft? I mean, I'm thinking around 8 maybe. Oof, 8 too, to 10? That's too no, rich for I'm me. I don't, know what his, I don't know what his workload's going to be. I can't. I would say 12. Uh, I, I, I almost think maybe 10 to 12. Yeah. 10 to 12. I, think 10, I, think, I, I even think 10 might be, might be around too high. And I, I really I like his talent too. Yeah. But I'm with but 10. I think the, I think just, the emergence of uh, – I, I well, I mean, obviously, obviously, they're different running backs. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, we'll I guess, I mean, there. I'm assuming that Vereen will get a hundred carries, and maybe he won't. Maybe he's gonna catch the ball a lot more. In a PPR league, Vereen might be worth a ninth to tenth round pick yeah. if they're gonna really hammer him. Yeah, the ball. I mean, that's the crazy thing is, I mean, is this guy gonna catch thirty five passes or seventy five passes? You don't know. I mean, is he gonna get fifty carries or a hundred? You really don't know. But I mean, I think, I don't. I mean, he's obviously one the, of the big risks that is not an injury risk and what's funny about that is that for a while i thought at the beginning of the preseason that his um his sleeper value was blowing up i figured by the time we all started drafting they somebody somebody would have talked themselves into you know the stuff coming out of england that he was worth like a sixth round pick or something Uh, and actually what's happened i believe is that the opposite has happened as these uh rookie wide receivers have kind of emerged for them and his blonde has had two preseason games in a row you know, they've kind of looked at it and said, whoa, wait, we maybe have to reassess how we feel about Shane Vereen. Now, it's nice that he qualifies at the running back position when they're probably going to use him a lot as a, as a, you know, a slot guy or a flat guy in a flat or something like that. But I think that's more valuable in a PPR. And I just, just in that offense, I don't know if you can count on his touches. That's what would bother me. His yeah, talent, right. his talent does not bother me. His no, touch, no. his potential touch, touches bothers me. <laughs> like, now, Tim. Where do you draft your man crush Tom Brady this year? Where, where are you looking? He's I, I personally I don't think he's a first round pick this year. I do. I think he's end mid to end second round. No, and I don't even think Tim. I don't even think mind. if you draft Tom Brady in the first round, you're flying in the face of all perceived value as well. So you're kind of screwing yourself, I think, too, because I don't think anybody else outside of Patriots fans think of him as a first round talent either. No, I mean it, there are very there are going to be very few quarterbacks taken in the first two rounds, anyways. This year, less quarterbacks taken in the first two rounds this year than probably 
forever that I can remember because it's so deep. So I think even if you feel he's a first-round talent, if you take him in that first round, you might be screwing yourself. I don't know. Because that means you're taking him before Breeze and you're taking him before Rodgers, and I just don't – I don't see that. I mean, I – I, I mean, know. we know you love him. It's hard to be objective about the guy. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I really can't give a. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, so if you're like drafting said, at one, I mean, he, I mean, he's the guy's consistent. I mean, so is Drew Brees. Plays other, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, I hate Drew Brees because he's small. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I, I mean, I like Tom Brady. He's got the, you know, the consistency. Yeah, Brees does too. I mean, you could say that Aaron Rodgers is too. I mean, they're all comparable. So Brady's why winning. wouldn't you put Tom Brady in the first round? Overbreeze. Well, I mean, he's not going to have the. He didn't have the numbers last year. Over him, he didn't have the numbers the year before. Yards, so. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess it, you know, it's, it's in, you know, it it all depends on your league and obviously where people are being drafted and you know it, the perceived value and your scoring and all that. But if you're going to draft him at the end of the first round, I don't have you know at one twelve. Okay, if you really like him, but. I don't know. I mean, I, I just think you could get him a little lower. You might be able to get that guy. I've seen a lot of drafts. His value is the lowest it's ever been since he really broke onto the scene. So you might even be able, if you had the 112 and the 2-1, you might even be able to get the guy at the 312. That's how low that his value crazy. is. That would be crazy. Yeah, I mean, That's crazy. I, I can't believe That's, his value is dropping. I don't, much, his, his value, I mean, I don't, I don't understand. Much, I, I, my no question second. is, I don't understand why. Because there's so why? many quarterbacks to him. It, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it, it's not really Brady saying he's diminishing or he's not. But I just think people are valuing quarterbacks almost a little less because there are so many right now. I mean, if you if you, I mean, what what other quarterbacks would you put around around his talent? Well, it's not even around his talent; it's about where his value is. Uh, where me. his fantasy output is. I mean, I would put Peyton Manning around his fantasy output. Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. That's four quarterbacks, which is like, you know, in this draft. You know, there are four guys, but there are like eight, you know, maybe not eight, maybe seven guys deep that could win you leagues, and you can wait on those guys. You know, I've seen the draft stock of a guy like Peyton Manning even is way out the window now. Peyton Manning is somebody that's in that, that late second round. You know now. what? I wait on all those guys and get Tony Romo in the fourth round. Or Matt Ryan in the fourth. Well, no, Tony Romo, you could get in the – look, I've been in drafts. Tony Romo falls to the sixth round, seventh that's round. That's insane to me. He's a backup quarterback now. Sixth round, that's, fan- that's fantastic. I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. That. And I mean, that's the value is, you know, we'll probably see that – you know, when you do your drafts, but uh, again, league, leagues are different. People have different perspe- uh, perceptions of players. If you're playing up here in the Northeast, Tom Brady might go before I, a couple of those yeah, guys. I, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if it's because I've been burnt so many times with, uh, you know, waiting on quarterbacks that I'm kind of, you know, I, I, I kind of have to take those, but I don't know. I, I won't separate we, you from your we, we will soon see. It, it seems too harsh for me to do that to you, but I... <laughs> I think I think from the general psychology of people, uh, what's happening is that the twofold thing is that there's one there's an overabundance of really good quarterbacks, so you can wait and still get like a Romo in the seventh if that's the sixth who you want to get, you know, you get a Matt Ryan in the fourth or whatever. And there's also the perception, and we have to this goes back to the conversation. We have to see if this is true. There's also the perception that the Patriots are purposely going to scale back that part of the offense for him, and that his numbers as a fantasy producer are going to be. Slightly less, still elite, but not elite, elite like Drew Brees, who's going to throw the ball forty-five times a game, or you know Aaron Rodgers, I mean, or whatever. I mean, even when they had Corey Dillon, I mean, they still never really scaled back the pass. You know, no, and you know he but, he might have the same. I mean, I'm just saying this year they have better finishers in the red zone that aren't dependent on him throwing the ball. You know, there's all different things there. That's all right. You all can be Brady haters. <laughs> and with that, 
<laughs> little bit of Brady hating. Uh, we are the Art of Score. Um, artofscore.wordpress.com, at Art of Score on Twitter. Uh, like us on Facebook. Just look for Art of, Art of Score. Um, hit us up. I mean, ask us questions on Twitter. Ask us questions on Facebook. If you um, disagree with Tim's insane Brady love, please... <laughs> Please, please give us a message on on uh, Facebook yeah, please, or Twitter. I'd love to answer that one. Comment on our uh, on any of our reviews on the uh, game reviews on the blog or any of our other notes we put up there. Um, any of our Twitter uh, notes uh, we pass on, please board us, like us, follow us because we like you mostly. We're doing this because we like and we hope football. you like us. Uh, we're the artist score, and this was our sleeper dudes who should be sleepers and dudes who should be put to bed podcast along with some major patriot love